Welcome to the School of Travels podcast. I'm your host, Becky Gillespie, and each week I bring you stories of how travel can truly change your life if you take the chance to get out on the road and step out of your comfort zone. My guests also share travel tips and lessons they've learned along the way, which I hope inspires you to let travel be your teacher. Hello, listeners. I hope you've had a great week, and thank you for joining me for episode two my first interview with a couple, Brianna and John, who I met while traveling in Bulgaria this past summer. And I think you're really going to enjoy Brianna and John's story about how they met while both of them were digital nomads. Also, how they save money while traveling around the world through house sitting. Also, you're going to hear some surprising things that they must bring with them while on the road. Now, it's interesting because our first episode, we had a very experienced traveler looking back on how he got started. And in this episode, you're going to hear about how Brianna is actually now a very experienced traveler, but John has only been traveling since last year internationally. So I hope you enjoy this story, and here is my interview with Brianna and John. Welcome to episode two of the School of Travels podcast, and today I am joined by Brianna and John, who I have met here at Coworking Bonsco. Thank you for coming today, guys. Thanks for having us. I'm really excited to hear your travel stories because, as you know, as I explained to you guys, this podcast is about, you know, how we take our travel journeys from basically zero to now. Like, how did you, when did you become interested in travel? What was it that interested you in travel? And how does that, um, how did that, like, make your life go in different directions and maybe change your worldview once you started traveling? So, I'd like to start, who, who should I start with? You should definitely start with her. Okay. <laughs> Why? Why do you say that, John? <laughs> because she's much more experienced than I am. All right. So, yeah, I feel like I'm really riding her, riding her coattails as far as travel goes. I'm so excited to jump into your so. story. <laughs> okay, so how about, Brianna, can you start, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, sure. Where are you from? I'm originally from South Carolina. Um, and I've been traveling and working remotely for about five years now. Um, prior to that, I was living and working in New York City. Um, so that's kind of, in a nutshell, how long I've been traveling and a little bit of what I was doing before that. Um, my background is in marketing. Okay. Um, so that's which, what you majored in in college? I majored in journalism, but yeah, I went kind of hand in hand, went straight into working and marketing after college. And how about you, John? I'm also from South Carolina, which has nothing to do with how we know each other. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting, I'm excited for that story. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went to college in South Carolina. Um, I also have a degree in journalism. Um, I also lived in New York at the same time as her, but also has nothing to do with how we know each other. What? We didn't know each other then. Um, and... I'm a programmer, which I feel like is the easiest remote working job. You know, like, it's the profession that lends itself most cleanly and easily to remote work. Is that what you studied in college? I did two years of computer science, and then I switched to a design program within the School of Journalism at the University of South Carolina. So you graduated with a journalism degree yeah. but had a pretty solid foundation. Yeah, yeah. I just got, I had a programming job in college too. So uh-huh. programming during the day and then programming in, in school 
and then programming at night with work got old really fast and so <laughs> design was a good complementary skill and so you know I switched into that world did you start programming right out of right after college basically as your main job yeah yeah I mean I, I had that figured out really even before I got to college my my dad teaches computer science at the community college level and now at the high school level so I was kind of born into it more or less I guess lucky yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, our, yeah. my family have to say I guess we're all so. pretty computer literate <laughs> <laughs> um, well so it's you guys it sounds like you have really come a long way since being born in South Carolina and now having sounds like gone all over the world so I'm really curious like if we go way back um when do you feel like you first got interested in travel or what was it that, what do you feel like may have led you to do something like move to New York, first of all, Brianna? Yeah, for me, I've always been interested in travel from a, from a young age. Um, my first trip abroad was in high school with a high school French teacher. And that's actually the whole reason I decided to study French instead of Spanish, which is probably what it would have been much more useful. <laughs> but I knew our high school French teacher took the French students to France and the Spanish teacher didn't go on any trips with her students. So when I had a choice of studying French or Spanish, it was French because I knew that would, that would get me on a, on a trip abroad. So I've just always been fascinated with other learning about other cultures and just uh, how other people's day-to-day -day lives vary and you know other people's traditions so that's always been fascinating for me um from high school onward let's say wow so that was that your first trip abroad that was my first trip abroad and then i did a couple of uh study abroads in college wow. after that where were those um, the first one was in India. Wow. <laughs> and it wasn't, it was a summer program, so it was on the shorter side. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to go somewhere that was as different <laughs> as possible, um, from anywhere I'd ever been. And, and India was a great, a great way to kind of dive into another culture and also to be able to do that with a group. Um, and have some teachers there who are super familiar with it and could show us around. That was a great way um, to see India. And the second one was to Hungary. Oh, wow. I just know with India, I've been to India myself a couple of times, and I know that it's in the travel community, it's always seen as one of the biggest challenges. So to do that at such a young age, it's like you were, I think you're definitely a brave person. Yeah, they, I'm glad that... I went there with the with the group and I go back now but back then I was a really green <laughs> green traveler and I think it helped to start off with those school trips in the beginning and I think especially doing something like India from the get-go it was easier than in the future to imagine doing other trips on my on my own Wow and how about you John um, I feel like my story is kind of the opposite um, I didn't really travel much growing up, you know, other than little family vacations within the United States. Were you always really interested when the summer vacation was coming up? Like, yes, we're going here. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. You know, but more just because 
it wasn't school or anything. <laughs> uh, and I, I was like, maybe from like the moment that I got to college until the end of college, I was singularly focused on moving to New York City and working at a firm as a programmer. Why did you want to move to New York? I know we didn't talk about that with Brianna. I but... think just because I grew up in South Carolina, maybe. Oh. You know, like just growing up in a really small place, all you think about is how cool it would be to not be in a really small place. And so, you know, I was just interested in the whole startup scene and didn't necessarily want to go all the way out to San Francisco. And, um, you know, it was just my singular focus. You know, every job I took in college, everything I studied, you know, that was the goal. And, um... So I graduated from college and moved there and got a job pretty quickly and easily. And it was awesome for three to five or six months. And kind of after the sheen wore off and like... Right, you've seen the movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, after you get used to stuff, I just kind of realized, I, I don't hate this, but it's not... You know, I, I guess I'd set the expectations so high. Mm-hmm. that it was almost impossible to live up to them. And the same thing with my job. You know, beanbag chairs and beers, you know, keg every Friday and all this stuff was cool, but I didn't feel like I was doing particularly meaningful work. It was a great company and great people and they were all very nice, but I didn't feel like I was really doing anything meaningful. And so after just shy of two years of that... I quit and just started taking on client work. You know, the same kind of work, but just working for myself instead of uh, working for someone else. And so then I started, I didn't really think of it as traveling at the time, but I was just traveling within the United States for like long periods of time. So like I lived in the mountains in North Carolina for three months were you staying, where were you staying at this point? Were you staying in hotels? Because I feel like maybe Airbnb wasn't I was, a thing yet. I was kind of living more long-term in places. Like renting so, for a few like, months at a time. Yeah, or okay. years at a time. So, like, the when I left New York, I went to the middle of nowhere outside of Boone, North Carolina, with another programmer. And we lived in a cabin on top of a mountain for three months. He was also working remotely. And then I moved to Austin, Texas for two years. Um, That opportunity just kind of came up. A friend I knew from New York was going. So I went there. And let's see. Then Denver. Yeah, then Denver. There was a a very brief stop at a a commune in Virginia. Fascinating. (laughs) Yeah, it it was very brief. And then, yeah, then Denver. Um, And then while I was in Denver, I went to visit New Orleans briefly. And that's where I met Brianna. And she was, like, really traveling, you know, like, abroad. And I'd never really been outside of the United States. But, um, you know, I met her, and we kind of had similar life situations but she was just really taking advantage of it. And I wasn't really. 
Were you, um, did you feel like you, that you were very impressed by her when you heard her travel stories? Or Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just... She was just doing the stuff that I knew I could have been doing, but I just had not been. I had the situation to do it, but, you know, I just hadn't been traveling anywhere abroad. I didn't really know how to start or anything like that. And so after we met, then I just had to pay for half. <laughs> and she and was the planner. She did all the planning. I mean, that's still I'm how it is. More that's than still happy how to do is. all the planning. You love I it. love that part of it oh, almost as much as the the travel itself. Well, I've got but... some things for you to plan too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I know that's always something that I think a lot of people do love, but there's a lot of us that don't. Yeah, I don't. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So can I ask? So I will. I, I want to ask as well. How did you guys meet in New Orleans? Um, we met through a, through a dating app and I was living there at the time for five months pet sitting. Oh, okay. Um, saving money, which is part of, yeah, exactly. Um, and we do, we've done that quite a lot together since then. Um, it's a great way to, especially if you're traveling long-term, um, to have the chance to stay somewhere for a little while. For free? Uh, for free, yeah, we pet sit for free in exchange for free accommodation. And there are a lot of like websites and stuff out there that can match you uh, sitters with homeowners. Um, but that's what brought me to New Orleans um, originally. And then you were just there for a long weekend visiting and we connected and um, we're both working remotely uh, at the time. That is so cool pretty much started traveling together shortly thereafter. Yeah. She, she, I was really just going to visit my mom. And my mom's in South Carolina. She had a work conference in New Orleans. And you're allowed to bring your spouse, but my dad couldn't go. And so I was in Denver, and she calls me and says, you want to take your dad's spot on this thing and eat and drink and hang out in New Orleans for free for four days or so? And so I said, yes, of course. And then she's like, by the way, you probably want to find some stuff to do because I'm going to be busy with work stuff. And so naturally I start looking at the <laughs> online dating stuff and met her. And, you know, we, we just, just happened to grow up two hours away from each other right. and also had lived and worked in New York at the same overlapping yeah. the same time period. So were you in the even in the same part of New York when you were there? I, mean, I was I was in Queens. You were in, Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, and we and both worked in Manhattan, I guess. But yeah, you wow. know. it's like meant to happen. Yeah, I'm sure that you felt that way when you finally figured out everything in common. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I feel like our lifestyle situations had more to do with it than like where we happen to be from. Because um, I don't think there's really like a lot of people. I've never met anyone else from South Carolina that lives like this. Really? (laughs) It's not really like a breeding ground for people (laughs) like us, seems like. Um, So, yeah. I I feel like us being from two hours, us growing up two hours apart from each other has the least to do with us being together. Really. It's convenient during the holidays. That would be a big, huge bonus. (laughs) Being from two different countries and being remote, you know, travelers, that's like, okay, let's. You just make it part of your trip, perhaps. Right. Yeah. Wow. 
Well, thank you for sharing that part of it. I know it's like a little personal, but I love your story. Um, So, okay, I I know that travel has led you to find your current partner, which is a life-changing thing. But um, how else would you say, like, finally getting out there? And, John, you may have even more to say about this because you weren't traveling as as far and wide at at first. But how has travel changed you, would you say? I'll start with you, Brianna. I think um, especially traveling at first – solo um, really taught me a lot about myself and about being independent and getting really comfortable um, in a situation where there's a lot of unknowns and uncertainties um, and just being not afraid to go alone to another country where you might not speak the language and trust that you'll be able to figure your way around and figure out how everything works and also just little stuff like getting comfortable if you're traveling alone just going into a restaurant or a bar by yourself and how did you do it the first time how did you feel like you could get comfortable doing that because that is like a huge fear for so many especially women definitely and like walking around alone at night if you're if you're traveling alone but I think you know being in a new place you want to make the most of it um and so I think I really would have felt like I hadn't made the most of it if I had just um stayed in my Airbnb or only stuck to the hostel and not gone out and explored on my own so I think I don't know I was very motivated to try and make the most of the experience wherever I happen to be and sometimes that meant like I really wanted to go eat at this restaurant or try this food or see this place and sometimes that meant I had to go alone and um but I'm so I'm so glad that I feel comfortable doing that now and I think the only way to feel comfortable doing that is to try it once and then maybe try it again a little more extreme the next time and and then you know, you'll just get used to it and it'll, it'll be normal. How do you deal with having dinner alone? Because I, I, I find that to be one of the hardest things as you transition to solo travel. Yeah. Bring, bring a book. Don't also don't be scared to like talk to other people. I think, you know, we're really reliant on, um, just absorbing ourselves in our phone and not really taking a look at what's happening around us or who else is around us and who you might be able to engage with or what you might be able to observe. Um, So I think that just being aware of what's around you and not kind of just staring into the screen can present a lot of opportunities to meet people or just make funny observations that you might have missed otherwise. That's cool. I will say the first time I did that, I did have my phone and I was just using oh, yeah. it as like my crutch <laughs> the first time. Yeah, totally. The first few times do it with your phone. The next few times <laughs> try to put the phone away, <laughs> at least for part of it. And yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, sounds like you're, you're now quite a confident solo traveler. Yeah. 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 It took, took many years of getting used to it, but then it was hard to to switch to traveling with with people after that not 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 specifically but like you know when you get used to 
when you know how you like to, to travel and when you know kind of what you would do and then you know you're traveling with a group or with a friend that has different interests or a different travel style you know then you realize oh it is actually kind of nice when you travel alone and you just get to set your own agenda and it's a different skill set perhaps to yeah. be able to travel successfully with one other person I think but it also I would say really helped it would really help to build a relationship because if you can travel together, you can do anything together, right? Totally. <laughs> so how about you, John? Like, how would you say travel has changed you? Uh, I would say maybe I don't know yet. I've really only been doing this since, like, last summer. We spent, oh, wow. we spent like, five months of last year in Mexico. And that was really my first time traveling outside the U.S. Wow. Um, and, you know, now we're here. We've been in Europe two months a little more than that now mm-hmm. um so you know really I don't even have like a full year of travel under my belt I don't have any solo travel experience so you know would you like to travel by yourself I don't know I mean I'm, I'm sure I would rather travel alone than not travel mm-hmm. but I like having a crutch <laughs> you mean a planner? <laughs> no, well, I mean... Go ahead. Sorry. I, I was just going to say, I think that we are able to, when we're traveling together, have a different kind of experience and different opportunities come along when you have two people instead of one. So there is a difference between traveling alone, which is amazing, and traveling with a partner, which is equally amazing, but can bring different opportunities your way. Like when I was traveling solo, I was mainly sticking to larger cities that had um, a public transportation system. So it would be easy for me to get around on my own. Mm-hmm. And cities are just easier for you to be independent in as like a solo person. Um, but now that we're traveling together, we've right. been able to go to a lot more remote type places. Um, like we just spent last month on the mount- on a mountaintop in Spain in a kind of remote, completely off-grid location, um, which was an amazing experience. But I don't think I would have wanted to do that by myself. And I don't think the homeowners would have taken a single person. They were really looking for a couple. Well, and they definitely wouldn't have taken a person that couldn't drive a stick shift. Yeah, that, is... that too. I can't drive a lot of opportunities come with, thanks to his that's the uh, only, stick dri- that's the only driving time, skills. That's the only time I'm useful, is if there's I'm sure the only transportation true. is a stick shift vehicle, then I'm able to be useful. I have to say, so. listeners, learn how to drive a stick shift if you can, because I've come so across helpful. a lot of roadblocks yeah. traveling you know, globally. <laughs> yeah, it's still... And it's more expensive to rent an automatic yeah. as yeah. well. Um, well, how did it feel when you did go to Mexico that first time? You finally left the States. Was it- um, yeah, it was, re- it was great. I mean, I had a really great time. We had some really awesome living situations. Um, and you just dived right in. Like, your first time ever going abroad, we were gone for five months. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, I think maybe that would have been more intimidating if I were alone. 
Mm-hmm. But okay. I didn't, you know, I didn't have to, didn't have to be. Um, but yeah, and it was also like not, especially when we were in San Miguel, we were house sitting in San Miguel and I'm practically like a mansion, like these old people from the United, these retired couple from the United States who were going back home. So we weren't really rough in it. (laughs) We had a really great situation there. So I eased into it. Um, yeah. yeah but then immediately after that went to like a much more remote like small fishing village type of yeah. place and so we got to see many different sides of of mexico going to these different cities staying about a month in each place this sounds so cool i would like to try this i've never pet sitted or house sitted but again i'm traveling solo so yeah, it could be said. it could be great yeah well I, we've loved it the, i'm assuming this is probably going to be true for you as well but like pretty much our biggest expense by far is rent oh yes right i mean mm-hmm. unless you've got really expensive taste in food or something Sometimes. you know <laughs> you, you there's not many things that are going to cost you hundreds of dollars every month every month and you know if you can just erase that expense with house sitting, I mean, it's definitely worth it. And I think you end up doing you end up you end up doing things that you wouldn't have otherwise done. So like where we just were in Spain, we were living in like a completely off the grid uh, house on the side of a mountain that this couple from the UK like built themselves, and it was a really amazing place. But I don't think if you were just in Spain looking for if you had to rent a place, right. you would have. You wouldn't we, just. We probably would never would have even come across that town. Yeah, you wouldn't organically come across it if you were just looking at backpacking situations, or you know, I, I think I I feel like we kind of used the house sitting as a way to have something to plan around. So, yeah. like, we'll find a house set that's awesome and interesting. Oh. And then we'll, if we have time before that. So, that's what we did on this trip. We had the house set in Spain. And then we had, like, a month before then. And so, we went to Lisbon. Because it was close enough. It was close. We found a, a cheap place to stay there. And so, we did Lisbon. Then we did the house set. And then we kind of wanted to come to Eastern Europe. We're already over here. I'm glad you guys did. And yeah, yeah we ended up, that's how we ended up here. Yeah. So, so were you working in the, like the small fishing village in Spain? It was off we, the grid, it sounds like. Was there Wi-Fi? There was. Mm-hmm. There was amazing Wi-Fi. It was better than the Wi-Fi we had in Lisbon. Whoa. Yeah. They had s- satellite Wi-Fi. They did say yeah. they had just upgraded their Wi-Fi service I was assuming it was impressive you had to deal with that whole issue but wow that's, that's the, the one thing worlds. we have to double check with every house sit before we commit is do you have reliable wi-fi because if there was any sort of deal breaker for us that would that would be it unfortunately it's nice mm-hmm. to be disconnected you know every once in a while but for us that could only be if we were on vacation i think oftentimes the the people that own these houses are sometimes, you know, like older people mm-hmm. who like 
might not be as addicted to the internet. So we do have to always really make sure. But the the people we were just staying with, I mean, they were kind of like building a business in the UK from Spain. I mean, they were very savvy, you know, older folks. Yeah. So they weren't Luddites or anything. Sounds fascinating. I'm going to look more into this. Definitely. Trusted House Sitters is the website that we use most frequently. I mean, it's basically set up very similarly to Airbnb, where you have a profile, the homeowners have a profile, you look through listings, and then you message someone if you see a sit that you're interested in. And it it costs, how much does it cost? It costs 120 a year for membership. So even if you get one as a sitter if you sign up as a sitter if you do one house sit that's any longer than three or four nights you know you've it's paid for yeah it's more than paid for itself that seems like a lot of money for a website i mean i guess it is membership yeah but as long as you use it once i mean and ten dollars a month sounds better than 120 right so yeah yeah and we get we split that economies of scale yeah and i would say this is great to know because there's there's so many people that have homes in the u.s for example um that love pets and that's one reason they don't travel so much is they Mm. have pets but here's a way that they can travel have someone watch their pets or it's a way to save money when they do want to travel exactly um, abroad because oh it's so expensive i can't you know and a lot of people do both like yeah. these uh, homeowners that we just sat for in Spain, when they go back to the UK, where they're originally from, they house sit. So they have house sitters while they're off house sitting. And we've met <laughs> several couples that do both. That's we would do both if we had a house, but yeah, maybe one day. Maybe one day. Yeah. Well, thank you for this tip. I think it, it would be you know helpful for people who are just looking to travel further to finally get out and start doing it, you know. For those people that are nervous, that are, like, they feel overwhelmed, they've maybe always had a place they want to go, but they just won't do it or it just stays on the list because of X, Y, and Z, what would you tell those people that are scared or that feel overwhelmed, especially, let's say, with, like, international travel? Mm -hmm. Um, I think taking baby steps is a good way, um, you know, do something to get your feet wet, like um, go and visit a friend that's living abroad. I did that um, a few times before I ever did any true uh, solo travel. What you if know, you didn't had... have that? I, growing up, I definitely didn't. I knew one person from the UK, mm-hmm. and they were my age, so they didn't live there either. They Yeah. Um, I think another thing people could consider if they don't know someone living abroad that they could go visit um, would be to either try couch surfing or try finding a community like co-working Vansco, maybe one of the, the co-living, co-working groups like Wi-Fi Tribe, and that way they can travel to a place internationally that still has somewhat of a built-in community or if you're going to go couch surf you have a host that's there that you're staying with that can show you around um i know some of my friends back home they say that is so dangerous to couch surf and if if they've never traveled i think 
it might seem very scary to do that on your first on your first, on your first trip. Yeah. yeah, my first time couch surfing, I was actually visiting a friend um, who was teaching English in Seoul, South Korea. But the apartments are so small there that she couldn't like there literally wasn't room for a second person in her little studio apartment. It was so tiny. So I went to go visit her, but I couldn't stay with her. So then I did couch surfing, knowing that, you know, there is someone that I know in this city. I'm really here to visit her. So if something goes terribly wrong with couch surfing, you know, I, I have this other connection in that I can contact. I have somewhere to go if you know, things go totally awry. Um, so I think doing things like like that if you if you can, um, if you know someone or um, you know if you want to try couch surfing for the first time but you're a little nervous, do it in a city where you know other people. That's a great tip. Yeah. John, do you have any tips for people that are really scared or hesitant? Um, Find a significant other that already knows <laughs> everything. <laughs> Where um, do you suggest that they find the dating apps? No, no, there's a guy who is here at Bansco who started Nomad Soulmates. Oh, I think really? nomadsoulmates.com. So people that are always traveling? Like, yeah, I think so. So they so. can find people? I think so. Okay. So maybe check that website out. What? Hmm. Yeah. Is there an app for that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like all about, like maybe I haven't learned any good lessons because like nothing bad has happened to me yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing, right? That's well, yeah. You know, it's going... I mean, I guess a couple of things, but you know, I, I would say if you want to do this, you know, long term, like make it a lifestyle mm -hmm. thing, um, get your work situation straight I mean I was fortunate that I'd already you know already had lots of clients and you know my financial situation was more or less already worked out but like all of this would be much more stressful if I had to think oh god if I don't find another client this month I'm gonna have to go home or I'm gonna have to so you know whether you have to save for a little while or whether you just have to finally get serious about whatever your business is, um, all of this would be much harder if you had to constantly worry about your finances. We also just travel really cheap. But Do you cook at home a lot as well? We cook a lot at yeah. home. Yeah, we're not eating out a lot. We're not... We don't have a very extravagant lifestyle at all. I feel like you don't need one when you get a chance to travel as often as it sounds That's like so true. Yeah. That's it's like so you're, 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 you're just your every, your every day just simply because you're in a new place doing everyday things yeah. is exciting because it's new and through, you know, very mundane things like going to the grocery store or, um, you know, getting a beer after work. <laughs> You're, you're I mean, kind of getting like, a cultural experience, yeah. even though you're not necessarily doing anything special that's, because you're doing it in a new, new place. It is special. Your like favorite thing to do in a new place is go to the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> what is the meat going to be like here? What is the... Do they, do they refrigerate the eggs or do they not? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, little stuff like 
the walk from here at the co-working space to our apartment, there's like a beautiful mountain view the entire walk, you know? I'm going to miss that um, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I think our listeners, like, hearing all these experiences, even if they're not, like, working for themselves or anything at all, just hearing the, the possibilities and the opportunities that they have when they start to look at the big, wide world is is really inspiring. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, now I'm going to ask, this is a bit of a, a lightning round. So, okay. Okay, Brianna, <laughs> I'm going to ask you. What this is so hard as well. What is the um, best trip that you think one of the, one of the best trips you've ever had, of all the travel that you've done? It's coming to you next, John. So heads up there. Oh my gosh, that's a that's a tough one. It's really it's really hard to pick. <laughs> uh, okay, if I just the first thing that comes to mind is it's actually. Um, one of the it was going to visit my friend in Moldova um where is that that is (laughs) between Romania and the Ukraine okay and I say that just because it was the trip where everything went wrong but ultimately ultimately everything worked out in the end but it turned into like a really great story but we had issues with like they wouldn't let us get a visa if we were arriving by train, only if we went by car or plane. So we had to get off the train in the middle of the night in Romania. We had to like hitchhike across the border. Then we realized we didn't have enough money to buy the visas, so my friend had to leave and go back into Romania to get money come back over it was like a whole ordeal our friend in Moldova was waiting for us at the train station and we never showed up and we finally got in touch with her to tell her what happened and she met us at the border and then we hitchhiked with an Austrian couple who was RVing around Europe back to Chisinau to finally (laughs) get there like eight hours later were there any tears involved a lot a lot okay (laughs) I know I a lot. And... It was, you know, but you know, some of your most uh, horrific travel stories end up being, you know, the favorite stories to tell after you've enough time has passed that you can look back and laugh. Yeah, and you're still here with us, so exactly. hey, guys, it could get scary, but it's, yeah, sticks out in your mind at that point. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had anything quite like that happen. It was it was an adventure, but we got where we were going. And we had a great time once we finally got there. Was this like before the days of, of the internet? Being this like... was pre-smartphone. Okay. Because I feel like now like it is a lot easier to find the visa information you need way before you get anywhere near that border. So Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it was partly we were like pretty inexperienced travelers mm-hmm. um, at that point and also without smartphones. Um, part of a lot of my stress was like my friend left and was inexplicably gone for hours when I thought they would have been back, you know, would have only taken like a couple hours and there was no way for us to communicate. So like now that would have been no big deal because you just send a text message or a Facebook message or whatever. But yeah, travel, I mean, nowadays it seems there's, there's less and less excuses to just get out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, John, how about you? I really loved where we just came from 
in Langeron, Spain. Um, because I think the the people who we were house sitting for were living a lifestyle that I ultimately want for myself. Um, you know, they're they're totally off grid. Growing you know, their own food. Growing their own food. I mean, we could we could pick a salad out of the dirt. Um, you know, we uh, we had a great dog. The you know all the power came from the sun. And the water came from up the mountain through this, like, Atheca system built by the Romans. And it was just a really cool experience. Um, and, yeah, I think I just, I saw people doing, they people, was, I got to live in someone's shoes that I want to live in permanently at some point. And so, you know. There's, like, no better education than that. Yeah. There. Yeah. Much better awesome. than a book, I think. It's, yeah, totally. Wow. Totally. I need to house sit here. I'm going to have to get the details later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's another lightning round question, and I'm going to explain this a little bit. I'm going to start with you, John. Okay. So, what three things do you feel that you cannot travel without these days? And I want to say specialty items that maybe, that you definitely pack, but it might be helpful for someone to hear. Okay. They should take this. Well, the f- maybe this isn't a good answer, but my computer. Okay. Is that a is that a fair? It's not a specialty. Is, that's not, not a specialty, specialty item at this point because and um it's it's right. it was, it's been a common okay. answer. Specialty <laughs> specialty item. Yeah, like for example, me, I always have to pack my um, head torch or my headlight because um, uh, I spend time in hostels and I'm like rifling through in the middle of the night, trying to find uh, things while people are sleeping, something like that. But. Hmm. Well, she just whispered basketball. <laughs> but that's you not buy even, one. You buy I was going to say, that's not even to. necessarily true. Because so a, cool. a basketball is the most inconvenient thing to travel with. I would agree with and that. So, I'm shocked by this. Yeah, and so I have left more basketballs at random places. Because it, you can't really fly with one. It doesn't go in a bag. You Do you know, give them to like kids on a court? I'll leave them in an apartment or, you know, I'll throw them over the fence onto a basketball court. It's cool. Yeah, and just leave. I mean, somebody will, you know, somebody will pick it up or something. But um, I'm I'm particularly upset about this right now because I bought a basketball in Plovdiv because I didn't know if I was going to be able to get one here. Mm-hmm. And then I left it. Oh, and you can't so, get one and, here? Well, so. I did find one and it's the same exact one. But I didn't even use the old one. Oh. Yeah, I didn't. John. Anyway, I'm veering <laughs> off of your question. But, yeah. Basketball, I guess. But I don't even really travel with it. I just pick one up yeah, it wherever like I go. Um, maybe my, my mechanical keyboard. I've got a keyboard that I'm really fond of. Um, like a, for, for your computer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't have too many specialty items. Why do you yeah. like that keyboard? Is it designed a certain um, way? or? Yeah, it just feels really nice to type <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, interesting. Uh, Your cord case? Oh, yeah. It travels with a lot of cords. Yeah, I've got a lot of little gadgets and stuff, and I've got, um, just bought this great little bag, uh, 
it's just got a little a lot of little cord I don't know how to explain it in like words. a cord organizer yeah yeah things from getting tangled up and things. yeah and again I don't know that this is a specialty item but the thing I am most obsessed with is my bag itself like the, I've my the bat the backpack that I travel with. That is a specialty item. I mean that's I guess so. That's that's yeah. important. What which but bag? It's a um it's want? an Osprey Farpoint fifty five. Okay. Um and it's got like a regular pack for all your stuff, and then it has a detachable day pack, which I use for like my laptop and stuff. That is super handy. I think part of why I'm so obsessed with it is because when we were in Mexico, I traveled with like two super old duffel bags and it was just not good. And so when Christmas rolled around, you know, that was the only thing that I asked for was a new a new backpack and I got it and I couldn't be more pleased. I actually met a guy here at the co-working space that has the same one. And he was like, oh, I'm obsessed with this backpack, too. So I have to say, I just bought a bag. I, I got a bag in May. It's the Tortuga. Um, it's called the Outbreaker. It's a 45 liter. But it doesn't have a detach- detachable bag. You can mm-hmm. buy one separately. And so I'm using my other bag as like this old, like collapsible bag I use for hiking. But it, it's not yeah. super convenient well, to do it that way. I couldn't recommend that bag enough. I mean, if... If you Google, you know, best digital nomad backpacks, that one's almost always at the top of the list. And, like, people were right. She's <laughs> She's got a great bag, too, but I feel like you're kind of jealous of mine. I know my bags very well, so. <laughs> I'm going to look that one up, too. You guys are teaching me a lot. Love this. Okay, Brianna, how about you? Let's go. So, I was thinking about this, and the things that I didn't use to travel with the first few years that I've now had to add back into the mix are all things that you would have at your apartment, Mm -hmm. but that you can't necessarily always count on being provided at wherever you're renting so like you can always expect at an airbnb if you have a kitchen you're gonna have like certain things like plates and you'll usually have a towel provided to you wherever you stay but i've had to start traveling with a hairdryer again i just bought one because enough times i needed a hairdryer and didn't have one and it's the worst especially if you have long hair and it's cold out um to not have one I just got tired of my hair always looking the same. I have to say I haven't been using it very much in Bonsco, yeah. but... <laughs> yeah, so hair hair dryer is something I used to think I didn't need, and then enough times I really, really wished I had one. So I got I, I found a super tiny one, the tini- tiniest one on Amazon, and it's great. It fits right in the bag. Do you have like a dual converter, or like you made sure it's going to be all right in several countries? Yeah, I think I think I looked into that. Okay. I don't know. I haven't had any troubles with it yet. So so far so good. Um, also, an AeroPress. Oh. So you can't always count on having a coffee maker. A lot of times you have a coffee maker. Sometimes you don't. And we're big coffee drinkers. It's the first thing 
we do when we get up in the morning. And so it's painful <laughs> if you, you're staying somewhere and, and don't have a coffee maker. So the air press, again, is like really tiny and compact. And that is a good tip. You know, we're we're using it here because yeah, here it. in Bansko, um, we have a great apartment, but it doesn't have a coffee maker. So it's perfect, perfect use case. Um, and a combination wine beer opener. Because also a lot of times... Those exist. Mm-hmm. I've never seen those. They do. Because a lot of times, you know, you'll have silverware and stuff in the kitchen, but you won't have a wine opener. Oh, I've definitely been out on the street looking for the nearest convenience store for the yeah. wine opener. And then it got taken from me at a different airport because I didn't check it. Oh. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had issues with your... No, I've been carrying... That's good to know because I've been... It's been in my carry-on, but I should probably throw it in my... It was just one country. I just hit the wrong country, and it it was in Chile, actually. Um, So, yeah, that's definitely handy. Well, and you mentioned you normally get towels where we stay. Sometimes you But we both travel with towels now. Yeah. Um, If you get, like, you found some great microfiber towels that fold up really really small. And they're not as good as a regular towel. But, but it's you know, better than finding yourself with no towel, with no towel. unexpectedly. Drying yourself with a scarf like I've done before. Right. Yeah, I've right. done that too. <laughs> yeah. So I, that's I worth the space. I got a bigger... T- Did you guys go from smaller towels to bigger towels? Because I actually ended up doing that. The same microfiber, but I... Really? Yeah. Uh, I, was yeah. I guess ours are about normal towel size, maybe. But Not they're just normal. really, really thin. Yeah. I did decide, like, at least almost the size of your body is better than a hand towel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that. I think, you know, in general, things that are hard to find, or you have to go to some specialty shop once you get there to find. That's why we started. Yeah, that's always tricky, because if you're in a new place, you don't know where to to shop. I do not know where to find my headlight. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. (laughs) Or they're very expensive in hiking shops. There's the there's not a Walmart to just go to where there's everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can't order off Amazon, you know, most yeah. of the time. So Well, I have okay, one more question for you guys. Um where are would you like to travel to next? Have you already got your next house sitter pet sit set up or We don't. We have nothing planned after Bansco. We have nothing planned after where we are right now. Are going to be here for three months? We could be. Quite possibly. Are going to hit your visa limit? (laughs) I mean, we left it, I think we left it open purposefully because we felt like this might be somewhere that we might want to extend our stay. And talking with a lot of the other people at the space, it seems like they extended once they got here and we're very happy that they did. Um, It seems like if you said to your landlord here, you wanted to stay for another month, they're not going to have, like, someone beating down the door to get in your apartment. Like, there's plenty of rooms in this town. <laughs> That's what so, I noticed as well. Yeah, you yeah. don't... Yeah. We didn't have to be too worried about getting kicked out of our apartment as soon as our lease is up or anything, so... But, I, yeah, I think but you're right, possibly... You're ready to go back to Asia. Bad, right? Yeah, it's been, like, three or, three or four yeah. years... I've never since been. Since I've been so. to Asia, so I'd love to... I'd love to get back to Southeast Asia. Um, I'd like to do South, more of South America. Yeah. We've been wanting to go to Medellin. 
Mm-hmm. I was just there in, in May, and I would really recommend it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you have questions for me, let me know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah I'd love to hear more about it. Well, where can we go if we want to find out more about you or if we want to see some of your travel photos? I'm on Twitter, G Brianna, and Is that Instagram. with one N? Or? With one N. N. Okay, mm-hmm. great. And just the letter G. Okay. Um, and my Instagram is Brianna Pudding. With two Ds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like banana pudding, but. All right. I'm J.H. Sheridan everywhere. J-H-S-H-E-R-I-D-A-N. Instagram, Twitter, dot com, wherever. Clever. Handy. Smart and easy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for sharing your travel stories with me. And I hope this inspires, I'm sure it will, many people to get on the road and try, for example, pet sitting or house sitting. Yes, try it. You guys have inspired me. That's the biggest... Our biggest takeaway or mm-hmm. biggest thing to tell anyone else, like you got to try the house sitting thing if you haven't, because it's great. And we've met a lot of cool people we wouldn't have otherwise and just done stuff that we wouldn't have, I don't think. And I think there's something about having pets as well, like yes. with you. It's, that, a, big, it's yeah. a big comfort on the it's road. It's a big plus. So. Well, ho- hope you guys have a great day and enjoy the rest of your time in Bonsco. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I really hoped you enjoyed that interview with Brianna and John as much as I did listeners, especially what they had to say about house-sitting, because I had previously thought if you were a solo traveler, it was almost impossible to get a job house-sitting. But Brianna makes it sound possible, and I definitely want to look further into that, and I encourage you guys to do the same. We're also going to put links to what they mentioned as their packing items in the show notes, so if you're interested in the AeroPress or the Osprey backpack, have a look at that. And as I did last week, listeners, and I do have a weakness for travel quotes, I'd like to leave you with a new travel quote today. This is by one of my favorite travel writers, Pico Iyer, and Iyer is spelled I-Y-E-R. Pico has written more than eight travel books about various places around the world, including one of my favorites called The Lady and the Monk, where he goes to Japan to study Buddhism in Kyoto, and then other things happen that he does not expect. Uh, He also has given two TED Talks, one called The Beauty of What We'll Never Know and another called Where is Home? So check those out if you're interested. And now I'm going to leave you with this beautiful quote from Pico Iyer. We travel initially to lose ourselves, and we travel next to find ourselves. We travel to open our hearts and eyes and learn more about the world than our newspapers will accommodate. We travel to bring what little we can in our ignorance and knowledge to those parts of the globe whose riches are differently dispersed. And we travel in essence to become young fools again, to slow time down and get taken in and fall in love once more. Have a great week, listeners, and we look forward to you joining us next week. Thank you for listening to the School of Travels podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review on iTunes. Special thanks to The Sam Chase for allowing us to use their song, In a Perfect World. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode, and remember to always let travel be your teacher. If you keep your options open, there are places you will go. They will treat you like the kings and queens your parents thought you'd be when you were born. You'd see it all with your
your head up standing tall and you'd look back and think it's funny how you spent your time and money in the 